right, welcome to Football in Vivo, the podcast episode two. We are featured on the one, the only, clubdeportes.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Football Austin. That's F-U-T-B-O-L Austin. Follow Club Deportes at Club Deportes. For all the latest and greatest sports news and commentary, well, you have to visit clubdeportes.com. I am your host, Eric McCoy, and I am joined by a man who will be dyeing his hair blonde in honor of Emiliano Ragoni. It's David Alvarez. Hey, you are, a, I would call it a wizard because only wizards can can know exactly can read the future the way you do it. I mean, how do you I know? Mean, I, David, I, I heard you in the press box on Saturday talking about Ragoni's hair, the new blonde hair that he's he's debuted uh-huh. for the 2024 season. And, and I could tell there was a little twinkle in your eye. You thought Emiliano had something special going on there. So I imagine you're going to be going for the same look. It's just just a a, a clever, educated guess <laughs> on my part. I mean, I already cut my hair. That's that's something, you know. So now I can. So now you just got to dye it. You just got to dye it. Yeah, it's like it's a bit, we were talking about that same thing with my son yesterday. Really? Because he's, yeah, because we're. I was when you are. It's going to be a freshman at UT next year, uh, and when you are a freshman, usually they do all the hazing and prop. And in, in my country, when I was doing the, the freshman year in Chile, mm-hmm. they dye your hair blonde. Really? So you've had yeah, a blonde they, hair they style die before. with the oxygen. You know, they put whatever mm-hmm. in there, peroxidize, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, like Eminem back in the day, huh? And it was like, they did it in my first college, but in the second one they didn't because they were very civilized. But um, <laughs> Too civilized for that blonde the history, hair. The history department was very civilized. We're not mm-hmm. going to do this type of stuff. But anyways, I was thinking about the blonde hair. I think it would be a possibility. As long as Mr. Rigoni's set pieces work start working if they start working like they did try i mean he tried two three times i think during the game to do a set piece okay so if, I, if i'm hearing you correctly david if emiliano ragoni can get his set piece delivery down your hair's going blonde is, is that yeah, correct it okay. does correct if I... he score if he scored the 10 to 12 goals that wolf said he would score last year Okay, okay, that that's a good one. If Ragoni gets ten goals, I want to see that hair blonde. Yeah, I don't have any hair, 12. so I can't I can't to, die yeah. mine. But you, if ten goals from Ragoni, I want to see a blonde yeah. David Alvarez. Yeah, I will. Okay, that that sounds good. Well, David, we gotta we gotta get a little depressing here because this uh, Austin FC twenty twenty four season did not get off to a good start um, as they fell two to one to Minnesota United on Saturday night at Q2 Stadium, a late second half stoppage time consolation goal from a newcomer, uh, Guillermo Bira, was the lone bright spot for Austin FC. This match was really, really tough to watch. People are, are very, very angry from the, the reactions that I've seen on social media the, these past couple days. Um, wh- what are your thoughts, David? Just in general, what did you think of the match? Uh, well, I think it has to do with with a full moon, I think. The, the full, full moon, moon has, wow. Has something so to not do the coach, because... not Wolf anymore. It's the full moon. It's the full moon because we had a full moon day. The opening day, as I said last, the last podcast, we said first impression last entire year. 
Mm-hmm. And this yep. was the time to shine, the first day, when we have a Makala train station inaugurated in the morning with great fanfare. However, I took the train, I took my bicycle and the train at MLK, and I got to tell you, the experience was not nice. Well, I heard, I saw a few complaints about that on Twitter. Because like, people have to leave the, we took this to MLK and many of my friends were there actually uh mm-hmm. thomas and my son was there hey david let's get into the train and we tried to get into the train it was packed at mlk it was packed so people were squeezing in at the last moment the guy could not close the door it was a big it's mayhem it was i thought it was in japan in the 80s when the people had to be pushing the, the subway that's wow. and then some of the people brian said okay let's go to let's go in a car so he brought all his friend in a car and me and uh, my friends, they we decide to take the train that was going downtown. So because that would be the next train 20 minutes later. And so we did that. And sure enough, we went downtown and everybody in Plaza Saltillo got in. So nobody could fit in when we got to downtown. So got in downtown was full. Then Plaza Saltillo, nobody got in in Plaza Saltillo and nobody could get in MLK later. So you had to take the train into Austin and then go around. KQ2 Stadium. So what was worse, David? The the transportation situation trying to get to Q2 Stadium or Austin FC's performance at Q2 Stadium on Saturday I night? I think they're Which equally bad. Equally That's bad. Equally bad okay. because just to get to the stadium, we got like an hour before and the train stopped in the middle for 20 minutes. I was like, what are you stopping for 20 minutes? So we barely made it to the game on a 720. Hmm. And we started at six, so it was a mayhem. Not tell you. Well, I shouldn't way ask you any questions about the first five, ten minutes of, of this game. No, and, and and by the end of the day, you know the, the the train it was a nightmare the way back. I'm glad I took my bike, so I rode my bike all the way home and, and the bike. So that's a good thing. Good, thank you for the exercises. Uh, I, I appreciate that at least. But regarding the game, um, this is a football podcast, David. Reg- not, not a city planning podcast, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's it's related, right? People it think is. that it's it, it related. Hey, in new time, new inauguration, first day, first impression, first impression weren't there mm-hmm. anywhere. Well, hopefully not that improves. The metro, Most not for, 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 for us in mm-hmm. um, So, and, and and my personal things, this is something that we pretty much, well, 17 experts too, um, before us, you know, everybody expects what happened during the game. And, and so you weren't and surprised it, by this performance as, as poor as it was you weren't surprised by it no no i mean it's just we 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 say that it was not going to put the lineup that we should have the lineup that probably the, the newcomers should have been playing from the minute one now so are you speaking of specifically of uh diego rubio and uh, yadar obreon specifically to them yes okay yes 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 yes, yes. okay so they i should there are a few Go things ahead. I, I, I want to bring up here. I mean, this is a really, really poor performance from Austin FC. And the first half in particular was was really, really The bad. numbers. The numbers. I, I've got numbers, David. You, you okay. know me. You know I've got some numbers. So what I want to do, because it, it, particularly in the press conference, we've highlighted the first half as being you know unacceptable, more or less. And then the, the, the consensus was that, yeah, things did improve after, after halftime. And that is true. Austin FC were better in the second half and certainly as you said with the introductions of Rubio and Obreon that that did help the cause but the first half I mean 
possession, 58 to 42 in favor of Minnesota. And, I, you know, Minnesota, historically, not a team that even wants to have a lot of possession. They were much more aggressive in this game than what they've been previously, certainly under Adrian Heath. But a lot of that, I think, was just Austin FC just couldn't hold on to the ball. I and mean, they couldn't com- complete three or four passes consecutively for anything on Saturday night. Uh, Austin FC outshot 14 to three in the first half in the XG, Davi, the expected goals in the first half. I mean, this is ugly. 2.05 for Minnesota to 0.25 for Austin FC. That's a paddling right there. Yeah. And so after the break- and it wasn't the screen. Actually, when you see the game uh, at the replays for the for the goals, you see it on the top left. Then those numbers. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I, well, these, I'm getting these from Fot Mob. I don't know if they're going to have XG at Q2 as much as much as I would like for them to be having XG uh, on the stadium at Q2. I don't think they have that. But possession shots, yeah, th- those would have been visible for, for all to see. Second half, it gets better. Austin FC have more possession. They get 62% of the ball in the second half. Now, a lot of that is game state. Austin FC trailing the game. Minnesota protecting the lead are going to sit a little deeper. That's just what teams do when they have a lead. Particularly well, and they did, when they did when they did the, the substitution. They, they got the, the forward. They, put his, his, they were trying to keep the game, but they keep attacking, though. Yeah, they absolutely. Kept... They were still an attacking threat. As, no, as as you can see, when we look at the shots in the second half, Austin FC still out, out shot in the second half, 8-6 to six by Minnesota. And the XG was .99 for Minnesota to .86 for Austin FC. So better in the second half, certainly, but still not good. I, I would say the first half was just completely unacceptable. And the second half was Austin FC looking like a mildly competent major league soccer team. But it, it wasn't – even that second half I don't think was really good enough, frankly. No, 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 not at all. Um, any other uh, numbers that you get? Okay, here, here's some. Let, you, you mentioned the the forwards, David, and in particular um, the, the starting forwards, Zardas and Finley. And I'm going to rope in Ragoni, your the guy who you're going to be patterning your 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 hair after in the uh-huh. in the in the future if he can can somehow get ten goals this season. But you look at the three forwards for Austin FC. Well, uh, he's Zarda. supposed to have 10 to 12 goals. That's what Josh Wolf said last year. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we're, setting the, the we're setting the benchmark at 10 for your, your new hairstyle, though. That That is okay. what we are saying now. I I think you're going to be safe. I don't think you're going to have to dye your hair blonde if, if this first game is, is any indication. But if we, if we look at the, the, the starting front three, Zardes, Finley, and Ragoni, and Finley and... Uh, and um, and Zardes each were subbed off in the 58 minute, but Ragoni did play the the entire the entire match. And between those three, only three shots total from those three starting forwards for Austin FC in this match. It is very very difficult to win a soccer game when you're starting three forwards can only register three shots in the match. I mean that that is really really bad. By comparison, Minnesota United, whose front three, I thought. Played quite well in this match. They had eight mm-hmm. shots between them that they're starting front three. And then let's keep in mind this Minnesota United team interim head coach Cameron Knowles, and they were also without Reynoso and Wang Wan A, their two leading goal scorers from last season. Um, so this was a Minnesota United team without two of their, their best players playing for them. So and, and without a, a permanent head coach. So that's that is the makes this that, that's the key. look even. It's not a permanent head coach. That's the thing that that's the problem problem that we have. Well, I mean, we we have a permanent head coach. Is it a good head coach? You know that that's up for debate. Well, we have the entire season to to get to the. uh, Well, that's the problem. But that's a big problem. 
as a bad people, not to. <laughs> that's that, that's the biggest problem of all. Well, to okay. have a season to talk about something that we shouldn't be talking. Anyways, fair, fair enough, Davi. But yeah, like I said, we got a whole season to get into the wolf in wolf no, out. No, that's I don't want to get into the whole season about it. <laughs> I want it now. I want it now. <laughs> this is now, never. Okay, I mean, but I do. You bring up. I think you bring up a really. Uh, yeah, against Seattle, which is also FC's next match um, coming up on Saturday, I, I would be very surprised if we did not see Rubio and, and O'Brien starting because I, I don't think Zardes was any very very good in this match. Ethan Finley wasn't very good in this match as a as a, a winger. He's no Finley. Gotta tell you, I he was a no. He was a no show. He only he only attempted five passes in this match. <laughs> as a winger, you're you're looking to try and create. You know, provide service for the other attacking players on I this know, team. Who did that? Remember, in the first half, we have only one shot on goal. That was the corner that somebody hit it really badly. I don't know who was who hit it that one, but I think it was Finley. I believe you are right. I think that that was Ethan Finley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we noted that in the press box. It was not a great header. Uh, it was I think Pereira had, had come forward um, in, in the build up to that, um, but but yeah, it. Um, not great for Finley. You definitely want more than just five passes being attempted by one of your your you know wide attacking players like that. And experience too, you know. Experience, yeah, ab- absolutely. Maybe a bit too experienced. He's thirty three years old now, Ethan Finley, and I, I do worry if he's perhaps past his his sell by date. But but I, I want to talk a bit about Rubio and Obreon because I I think those two, like if you want to take an optimistic outlook after this match, and you really have to be an optimist to want to have an optimistic outlook after this match. You would look towards Rubio and Obreon because the team did improve once those two players came on in the 58th minute. But I just want to highlight, like, I, I wrote a, my post-match recap, which you can be found on, on clubdeportes.com, and, and I concluded that recap by saying, you know, Rubio and Obreon, these are good players, but there aren't players capable of, of turning a bad team into a good one. I, I don't think. I don't think they're uh, transformative talents rubio and obreon and i I pulled up some some i mean they might be well okay okay i'm gonna present a counter argument to that david so in 20 uh 2022 diego rubio his best season best season ever in major league soccer he's 16 goals you're all right the team he was playing for colorado rapids they finished in 10th place so despite (laughs) having his best ever season he still could not elevate his bad Colorado Rapids team above 10th in uh, MLS's Western Conference. Right. 2021, that was his best ever MLS season. Scored nine goals. That that sounds great for, for Austin FC if, if O'Brien could get nine goals. However, nine goals for O'Brien for FC Dallas, they finished 11th that season. So, I mean, these are players, even at their very best, couldn't take bad teams and and transform them into even playoff caliber teams. So I, well, I, I do think, yes, they just because Zardes and Finley were really, really poor in this match and it did nothing to, to justify allowing them to, to, to start again against Seattle. I, I don't think we can look towards Rubio and O'Brown and say, Oh, they're going to, you know, drag this team forward above the, above the playoff line. What do you think, David? Well, I, I saw them play, um, when they came in, and I think O'Brien, and actually before before even they start playing, when they were in the band in uh, warming up, before they came in, they were talking to each other and they were playing with 
talking with a lot of confidence in español in Spanish, right? So really? I overheard okay. about coming into the game, and I thought well, that's a good sign. Those guys are talking to each other, and they they know they know they're coming in, and they know what they're gonna do. So that was a good sign for me. And then see them do that. I mean, they played well. They, they absolutely did. I have a couple. I mean, I took a couple of videos of, of actually of of O'Brien's, you know, coming in from the side. And where can and our fans find it. these videos, Javi? Those videos you can find it at uh, Instagram. Okay. Uh, the also, football in vivo football Instagram. In vivo, ATX football in vivo ATS and Instagram. You can find all those. Uh, uh, videos and pictures and reels and stories about the game, um, and also the pod, our podcast will be there too. Uh, but yeah, I saw that they, they were the real thing. I think Rubio showed in strength. You know, he was part of the goal too. Uh, I mean, amazing. Even though I, I have a lot of doubts about some of the other players, like, but when they connected, they were able to do something, and everybody felt that way. Everybody felt that the three players that came in. The three South Americans, three South Americans, the Brazilian, the Chilean, uh, and the Colombian uh, were up to the task. I think they can they can be part of the team. Uh, I mean, people were asking me, hey, and your new forward is awesome. What new forward? Oh, the guy that scored the goal in the last minute. Well, it's actually not a forward. Guillerme is not a forward. It's a defender. Yep, he is a left back. Yeah, and then well, I thought looked looked very good. I mean, that's definitely again another. If you're looking for bright spots from this match, that that is one one place I would look. And so, but obviously, like the big story before the match was the the injury to Sebastian Driuzzi. And so, yeah. again, if you're looking for bright spots, it doesn't sound like, at least based on Josh Wolf in the in the post match press conference, doesn't sound like it's going to be an injury. I think it's a hamstring injury. Doesn't sound like it's going to be something that's going to keep him out for for too too long. I mean, how much of this just awfulness of this performance can we attribute to Driussi not being in there? Owen Wolf played in the Driussi role and just didn't really look capable of, of even coming close to replicating what, what Driussi can provide this team. So do you think if Driussi's back that this team could look a lot better with Driussi back in, with Rubio up top, with Obreon yeah. on the right? Do you think that there is, is reason to, to hope if you're an Austin FC fan? I think there's reason to have hope because we have seen it before. So, so every time that we have, not every time, but most of the time when that we have Drusi out, we lost control of the ball. And I kind of told you that before the game. We, we're going to lose at least 10 to 20% possession because that's what we get with Drusi. We get possession. And we didn't have any. We usually, we, it's the only thing we get sometimes is possession and we didn't have it. So, yeah. This happens every time. If you don't have Drusi, we're totally Drusi dependent. That's what this game shows. We cannot be, you know, we cannot aspire to anything, really, if we don't have Drusi healthy and ready. Yeah, that that is um, that is very key. I, I would agree. I think Drusi coming back will will certainly improve matters. Another concern, though, we were kind of talking about the the. Um, well, here's the other. Let's let's keep on the injuries for right now. So Drewsy doesn't seem like it's going to be particularly serious. Should hopefully be back soon. Not sure if we'll be back soon enough for Saturday's match against Seattle, but hopefully not too much longer after that if he isn't available to play in that match. In the first half, though, 36th minute, Leo Weissman goes down with an injury. 
which is uh, apparently some plantar fasciitis irritation is what Wolf said in the press conference. Yeah. And according to the great We Are Austin TV Twitter account, he was reported to be leaving Q2 Stadium on crutches, Leo Bisonin. And that is, if you're an Austin FC fan, that has got to send just absolute shivers down your spine. Oh, I think yeah. it's fair to say. Especially for plantar fasciitis. Whatever yeah, the name is. That that is that is a not something that you get over very quickly. Well, my understanding of that injury is that that's not an ideal situation. Well, um, how big of a loss would Leo Weissman be if, if he is out for a significant stretch of time? I mean, you want me to tell you what Josh Wolf would have said last year? The, the last year, it, yeah, Josh Wolf. Remember last year after everything began of the season, the only thing we needed to do is to win titles. He said that they have so many. In it, when he, while he was working as a general manager, uh, they have enough people in the back line to call. That's what he said in that interview. So I imagine it's in some people that he has now with Rodo, they have somebody to call, but you know, I don't believe that. But I would tell you, Hedges did a pretty good job. You I thought think. Hedges did all right? I mean, here at the end I of the think day, though, it was a decent job. It is, it is difficult, I think, because the team as a whole played so poorly. It is difficult to kind of single out individual performances and highlight them as, as being bad. I mean, we, we've done that a bit with Ragoni and Finley but, and, and some of these you players. You can see what happened with many of them. I mean, Comanish, Comanish, and like you can see in the in the goal what happened in the goal on the in, in the first goal by Minnesota, who lost the ball, right? It was Comanish, and who got the wrong pass going backwards it was Ring, Alex Ring, give the pass. He, he just trying to give a pass back, and he he got out smart by Minnesota. So you have like a specific errors that you can see in both goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you look at it as a whole, I mean, the, the 3.05 XG that Minnesota produced, this is just a really bad defensive performance collectively from Austin FC. Brad Stuber was excellent in this game. All, all the negative comments we made about the defense you know, do not apply nice. to Brad Stuber. Brad Stuber was it would amazing. would have been probably 5-0. Five, five, I mean, it, it could have been. He was, Stuber was, was just sensational. But, but on the subject of Alex Ring, I mean, I, I think this is interesting, right? He was the captain in this match, which I think yeah. is, is pretty pretty notable considering the controversy that surrounded him losing that cap, captain's armband in 2023. It was thought by most that last season would be his, his final season for Austin FC, but he yeah. hit certain performance um, incentives in his contract, which triggered this extra year with Austin FC. I mean, are you concerned that he might be not 100% motivated this season after everything that happened last season with him losing that captain's armband? It is said that he has kind of a fractious relationship with your beloved coach, Josh Wolf. David. Are you worried that Ring might just be kind of checked out right now in, in 2024? I, I said last, last time you told me not to be to have conspiracy theories of any kind. And I don't want to get into that. No conspiracy. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry, David. I, no I know. It's a leading question, but Action speaks for louder than any words, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, we have a seasoned defender trying to clear the ball to the middle of our own goal site. That was... Mm -hmm. that so was so what are you saying, David? Are you saying he might not be... 
of 100% focus definitely, on, on I mean, the season? Like he got, but also he got out speed at that movement, which he did. He shouldn't have even thought about giving the ball to the middle because it's always. That is risky, right? That You don't want to do that. Me. Mm-hmm. You never do that. Um, so that was strange that the captain and somebody with that experience would, would even think about it. Um, but yeah, that that's something of concern. But something that I didn't I didn't want to say I want to say about our friend Rigoni mm. about the set pieces because now we have a set piece coach um, that I noticed on on, on, the, on most of the videos that I took of the set pieces we have clear chances to take that free kick into the goal. We're only 25, 30 yard less than thirty yards away from the goal. Why you take a free kick? A passing free kick. It's the same, and they did the same movement. Was actually Rigoni from the left, pivoting the ball to Cascante, and the Cascante trying to pass the ball back to somebody can score, but it didn't work. It didn't work any of the. T- they they did it at least twice. I I taped them, mm. but when you have the chance to take it inside the goal, why are you gonna try to use a header? Take it inside the goal. That's, for me, it's just, I don't know. I don't, what's going on? Everything was wrong. And of course, and he would lose the ball. Rigoni would lose the ball, couldn't control, play the entire game. And he's our D, DP. He is one of, one of three. He, Alex Ring, and uh, Dries. And yeah. Alex Ring and him, I mean, both players that played in the game, the two DPs that played this game, were not good. Are not, they're not up to task. And that's that's a problem, right? That is very difficult to be a successful team in this league when you're getting those kind of performances from from two of your your three designated players. Um, one one other player I want want to talk about a bit here, David, is uh, last season's All Star, John Gallagher. I, I don't think Gallagher had a particularly good match in this game, playing at right back. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about him playing right back versus last season, he was predominantly playing left back. Kolmanich was out all of last season. And so Gallagher was, was, was the player that filled in for him at left back. And now he's a right footed player. And when he's playing on the left, he's going to be more of a, I guess a, you would call an inverted fullback. So he's a right footed player playing on the left side. He's able to cut in and get into those goal scoring positions. We saw him register five goals last season in 2023. Now playing on the on the right side, he's a traditional fullback. Like you're going to be looking to kind of overlap a bit more and send in crosses. He didn't even attempt a single cross in this match against Minnesota, and uh, only nine for fourteen on his passing. So just sixty four percent of his passes were completed. Are you? Do you think that maybe he is better suited to the left side, where he can kind of cut in and get pop up in those goal scoring positions more? Then he is playing that traditional fullback overlap, you know, get get try and stretch teams out wide, stretch teams horizontally, send in crosses. Do, do you think he might be better suited on the left than on the right, basically? I mean, yeah, probably. He could be better suited, but he is a solid scorer. So he feels he feels good on both sides. If you if you are like People of that caliber, they can feel good on both sides, and sometimes it depends on the opposition too. You know, it's something you like, don't think we should read too much into this one. No, we shouldn't dig too much into that one. I mean, if you see somebody that definitely cannot play with one leg, as more lefty and righty, 
okay, right? But he is in a position that he can play with both, and 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 and, and it is more comfortable sometimes for for forwards left to go on the opposite side, and you know you can both you can you can vary, but if you're able to hit the ball with both legs, shouldn't be a problem. Okay, but it is, it is kind of. I mean, he was like, if you were last season, obviously, very bad season for Austin FC. One of the only bright spots was John Gallagher. He was the, the team's all star. Yeah, but we didn't have midfield this time. Like every time, we, the, the first, at least in the first half, we didn't have it. No, the midfield was, was not good in this game. But I would just say it is odd that you would take your one of your best players, if, if not your best player from last season, and just change his position from one season to the next. Well, uh, that's more a little odd strange, to me right? is. To having been replaced, unless he had an injury, did he have an injury on Saturday? I don't believe so. No, I, nothing was was said. I mean, I he, he wasn't playing Gal- well. I so. would not take Gallagher out. I would not take Gallagher out because he is the only one, one of the few players that guarantee his goals. More than eighty percent of the team. Ninety. Well, there were the stretches team. last season where he he was was carrying the team for sure. Yeah, that's the point. I would not take him off the team. I could not take even even in a bad performance. It is somebody that knows to score, and that's what we need. And we didn't even create chances. Like even when we have the chance, that we didn't take it. The player didn't take when we have those free kicks. What well, keep that when the damn crosses? It's like what are you gonna do the crosses? You just put it in. So you are not impressed with the set piece coach. So far. not impressed at all. That was the, which is like. Something we forgot last time, but when when Savarese talk about how to play Austin, he always mentioned not only pressure, uh, but he always mentioned set pieces. You know, Austin is weak on set pieces, but as a defender and attacking. So, and and that stuff has not changed for a couple of years. So things stay the same. We we haven't improved in that area, and in many areas. It's just we we got like pretty much this game. You know, we got naked. We were showing Whoa. everything. I mean, everybody got naked. Showing <laughs> no, wait, 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 we're still a family <laughs> show here. Still a family show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to be facetious. Okay, any. Uh, I want to preview the Seattle match, and then I want to debut a new a new segment for us here. Okay, but do you have any final thoughts on Austin FC versus Minnesota United? Pretty much. I mean, as I say, goles son amores. And what what we saw in the field, you know, it speak by itself. It's like you have a fan base ready to to embrace the team like they always do, and uh, there was no reciprocity from the team with the fan base. That's the bottom line. <laughs> and yeah, not much to say. I mean, let's take it like a learning experience. Like the the bad thing is the only way to take it is. Okay, we did really bad. Uh, everything can be better. We, you know, anything we can do now is going to be better than, than what we showed. I them mean, first. the first half in particular, it will be difficult to play much worse than that. That was barely you're you're barely playing coherent professional soccer. That that first half I mean, was was that poor. Yeah, and you t- that one more thing I want to say is when I talked to you in the press box. Um, and 30 minutes of the second of the first half, I said, this smell like it's going to be a goal anytime soon for Minnesota. Anytime. In Spanish, you say, olor a gol. Mm-hmm. 
Or yeah. Lord, God means like a smell like a go, and sure enough, God came right in. And that's what somebody that is coaching needs to take it, take it, take it, you know, pay attention to it. If your team is being harassed, is being like pushed back, you don't do anything, you have to do something about it. Make a substitution or at least scream at the players to be in position. But don't stay there with, and don't wait because you want to give him a chance. You want to give him a chance for the second half, right? And that's what the coach said later. Oh, I didn't want to do anything because I want to give him everybody a chance. This is not a, a friendly game about giving things to people a chance. This is a real thing. Okay. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. If it's not working, it, it is clear, even in, if, even if it's as early as, you know, 15th, 20th make, minute, in the 15 make minutes, a change. Make a change. This guy's not working. He's up. And you see some players that are off. From the beginning, and they're not gonna fix it. I happen to remember with Keller last year. Well, let's not talk about that. Okay, so let, let's uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and, and and look forward, David. Let's uh, mm-hmm. the past is depressing. Let's let's look towards the future. Saturday, Austin FC traveled to Seattle to take on the Seattle Sounders, nine thirty Central Standard Time. Um, Seattle lost their opening match. 2-1, away to LAFC. Tricky match for, for them to start their season with. Um, if you look at the numbers, they actually did, didn't play that poorly in this match. They actually, per Fot Mob, actually won, won quote-unquote, the XG, 1.88 to 1.15. Uh, the shots were 17-16, so, so pretty even pretty even match overall. Looks like they're going to be playing in a, a 4-4-2 formation this season. At least that's what they did against uh, LAFC with Jordan Morris and uh, Ra- Raul Ruiz Diaz up top. Those are the, the two forwards. No yeah. Nico Ladero this season for no. Seattle. He was a long time. And also time. No, none of the Chala brothers, the the brother, the Colombian brothers. Yeah, uh, uh, those brothers were uh, on Portland, David, not not Seattle. Oh, that's just... It's, wrong, wrong, uh, Cascadia. Wrong green. There. <laughs> it's exactly. a wrong, wrong green. Wrong green. But uh, no, no, You're Nico right. Ladero. Uh, but this is still uh, projected to be a, a very, very good Seattle team. So it's still a ton of talent. And obviously, that front two of Morris and Rui Diaz is, is, is yeah. very good. Um, how are you feeling about this match, David? I'm a little concerned. How do you feel about it? I feel the same way I felt for this game, for the for the Minnesota game, pretty much. And could you elaborate on that, perhaps? Yeah, sure. Let me elaborate with that. I feel that. If we don't have Drusy on, and if we're gonna have the same lineup that we started last game, and we, we are condemned for a loss. Okay, I yeah, well, I have, I'm not sure about Drusy, um, and I I'd agree. If, if Drusy doesn't play, and, and it's it's Sardes and it's it's Finley, it's it's not happening for Austin FC. I actually think Wolf will have seen enough from Rubio and O'Brien to say these guys should... He was very complimentary of them in, in, in the post-match press conference. I think they're those two are going to start this match. Yeah. However, I still don't think Austin FC are going to win because away to Seattle is just a tough, tough match. And even with those two guys, as, as I kind of outlined earlier, I don't think that this is enough to turn a, a poor team, which is what Austin FC are, let's just be blunt. I don't think it's enough to turn a poor team into to one that can win a game away. Um, against a team like the Sounders. Well, you, I wa- I watched the highlights for those for that game too for the Seattle uh, game, and definitely they showed that it's a team that is constantly in the in the attack. Then they weren't, you know, they 
Yeah, they, had, really they well. won, had more possession in that match than, than LAFC. Yeah, they were. I saw more attacks by them. And they this they feel like a real team, a team that already know what they're doing. They're a very good coach. Brian Smetzer, excellent. Yeah, coach. and you can see at the end of the game when the both coaches say, you know, congratulate each other. Say, hey, I almost, I almost got you. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a lot of respect. It was mm-hmm. a lot of respect for what they both of the coaches did. Um, so for us on, on Seattle, it's going to be a very tough battle. Definitely. I don't. I, you have a score line you can can give me. We don't I have think, the chicken of indecisiveness around anymore. That, that's still man, over at the Cortez so Studio. So we think about but, when we play chicken of indecisiveness. I know. I think that, it's going to be. We got to find something, but we're audio only right now. Let's so. see three to one, Seattle. Three one Seattle. Uh, boy, that that I think that's a really good prediction. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I'm just going to be exactly three one, three one Seattle. It's going to be boring, but yeah, Diego Rubio. Great minds score. thinking alike, David. Yeah, Diego Diego's gonna score and yeah, the Chilean, of course. We'll get of to course, that. One, one of course. Of and the Peruvian for 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 uh for Seattle. Rui Diaz. How many is he gonna score? Rui Diaz. Boy, you know, he likes to do the long shots against Stuber, you know. So it's gonna have one. At least one Maurice one and and, and, and Diaz two. Okay, and one from distance, one long range. Yeah, strike. one long range because every time he you know he did that with us at Q two a couple times, I mean a couple of years ago now, but <laughs> he likes to take those low. every time he sees uh, Stuber you know mm-hmm. he was he studied him you know so you have to be careful with him he studied him until he came in in the second half and he scored that 40 meters uh, long shot against against Austin FC okay I, I, my memory is a little hazy but um, I, I'm going to take your word for it David that yeah. that happens I, I, I believe you okay so let's uh, before we wrap up, I want to debut a new segment. It's going to be called Stoppage Time, is, is what we're going to call it. And this, we, David, you and me, we love this sport a lot, and it, right. we love it beyond just Austin FC. We watch yeah, all kinds way beyond of, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you kind of have to. It's a little depressing if you only watch Austin <laughs> FC. And so, what I want to do the final few minutes each week, I want to have a segment called Stoppage Time, where we talk a little bit about some soccer-related things going on that are not pertaining to Austin FC. So, stoppage time this week. I want to ask you, David, my favorite, and if you've watched, if you've followed us for a long time, you know my favorite European team is is Chelsea, Chelsea FC. And Chelsea FC, for, for a long time, that was a great team to have as your favorite European team. In yeah. the last few seasons, it's been a bit less than great. And in particular, it was not very good yesterday. League Cup final, extra time. Virgil van Dyke with a, a set-piece goal to give Liverpool the victory. Um, not going well for Chelsea overall this season. I believe they're in 10th, I think, last, last I don't look at the standings that often anymore in the Premier League. It's very depressing. But I believe they're in 10th. That was, this League Cup was a chance for Mauricio Pochettino, their coach, to really make a statement and kind of change the narrative around the team. I mean, how worried should I be, David, for my beloved Chelsea after a match like this? Are you no, seeing you positive signs or what's, you what's should, going you on? You should not be that worried at all. Okay. Because the fact that the Chelsea made it to the final and the fact that they were able to play with Liverpool, which is one of the best teams in the world. I mean, it's, I mean for more, more than – because I've seen a lot of pain in the Chelsea fan – because Liverpool pain. and Virgil score. And it's more painful than 
rationality. You know, it's not rational. But they feel very, very. And I think Fandom isn't rational. And I though, think Dobby. Jackson, honestly, Jackson could have been a goal. Uh, the, 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 was not offside. I don't understand why they were calling. It was very close. There were a couple of each team had a very questionable, I think you could say, decision ruled off due to VAR. I why they continually don't have do not like how VAR is used in, in England. But the VAR, in why the VAR doesn't have a camera in the 38 yards where the thing happened? The camera was totally off. It was from the corner almost looking that way. It's like, well, the 21st century, dude. <laughs> like, what kind of camera is that for a VAR? Uh, anyways, that was, I think that could have been good. And the other, both of them could have been goals. So, saying, I mean, I don't, it Chelsea fans should be proud of themselves. I think Pochettino is doing a great job finally after so long. He's establishing something like mm-hmm. Ten Hag is doing in Man United, even though you can criticize him all of, I mean, he's done worse than last year. But seems like something is coming up. You have Garnacho. The young you players, have, yes, or, yeah. You have playing. the friend forward coming up, and I see now Enzo and Caicedo. And, um, I, I think Chelsea ha- they don't have to worry much. I think the fact that you're playing against the best team, one of the best teams in the world, it says something. Okay, I, and I agree. Liverpool certainly are one one of the best teams in the world. They do have a lot of injury issues, though. And if you look at the the players they finished that match with, I hadn't heard of. Pretty much any of those guys. That pretty much look like kids they well, pulled from a, that's, that's a playground you, at, at Liverpool. You how prepared a team is. Exactly. Like so we should be that... giving a ton of credit to Jurgen Klopp, right? Jurgen Klopp uh, or Pep Guardiola. You're going to have Pep Guardiola bringing people that you never heard of. Uh, and all of a sudden now playing Chelsea uh, as the forward, right? Um, other teams. But the, the point is... Um, and the set pieces, like that set piece, they always practice that set piece. The big corner, the corner mm-hmm. usually to Virgin van Dijk right on the line, in on the line. And if you get it right there, nobody's gonna beat him. Who's yeah, he's, taller he's, than him. Yeah, they, I would so, not want to be in an aerial duel with with Virgil van Dijk. Certainly. So, not. and they and they do practice. I mean, I love because they practice. I mean, everything the corner. They, they are all set up with set pieces. Um, everything they do is like, regardless who is the player, you know, Simikas was this one, Robertson does it. So they have different place, players that do those set pieces, right? Uh, so they're ready. No matter who they play, they're ready to do it. Like Absolutely. And I think it, I think really do think it is a testament to Klopp that you can have so many I mean, youth players essentially come into the team and it looks just like it was the first team. I mean, they, they really, in, especially in that extra time period where it looked like towards the end of reg, of the, the first 90 minutes, Chelsea were on the, the front foot towards the end of that period. And then you go into extra time and there's so many just young, unproven players for Liverpool and they still look like Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. I just think that is such a testament to, to who he is as a coach and the culture that he's built. And yeah, just they're... Obviously, this is going to be his last season at Liverpool, but they they look to be built for to be a very good team for for many years to come. Much as it annoys me because I love Chelsea, don't care for Liverpool, but boy, right? Mean, they they, that's they what, that's, look they look pretty pretty it felt well more set like that. right now. It felt it felt watching the game that people were very upset because he was Liverpool, not because the game went. You know, but it's so much passion in there and it's so much rivalry. You know, involved. 
that sometimes that can uh, cloud your ambition. <laughs> I, I try, I try and be neutral, Davi, but every now and then the the the, the fandom it, it shows. But okay, it's been uh, it's been a ton of fun here, David. Second podcast episode. I think we're off to a great start. You got any any final thoughts before we close this thing up? Well, well, a final thoughts. She, uh, boom. Some parting wisdom for for our listeners. I mean, I think the wisdom that we need to have is is everything you wrote in the article. I think. Oh, well, thank you. Doug. In your article, you say very clearly, we need to be patient. Patient is the only thing we need to have right now. Otherwise, it's revolution. <laughs> Love it. And on that Otherwise, note... it's revolution. <laughs> if you don't have patience, you have to revolve. There's <laughs> <laughs> only two ways. <laughs> to be clear, football in vivo is not trying to, to incite revolution necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so... That, these are the words of David Alvarez, not, no, not Paul no, no, Vivo no. as a whole. If, you got to watch our previous shows to, to know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. It's okay. been fun, David. We will do this again next week. All right. Gracias, Eric. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>